Welcome to another episode of Strictly Business, the podcast in which we speak with some of the brightest minds working in the media business today. I'm Andrew Wallenstein with Variety. Brat TV is an independent producer of scripted series for Gen Z audiences on many platforms, from YouTube to Samsung TVs. So perhaps it's only natural that the company announced today it's bringing on a strategic investor who knows all too well how to blaze his own trail in Hollywood, the legendary Bob Shea, the force behind some of the most memorable film franchises from Lord of the Rings to Nightmare on Elm Street. Shea joins me with Brat TV co-founder Rob Fishman to discuss their new partnership in the state of the Brat venture. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Welcome back to Strictly Business, where I'm joined by Brad TV's Rob Fishman and Bob Shea, best known as the founder of New Line Cinema and the director, producer, and distributor of about 600 movies over the course of a career that began in 1967. At the age of 82, he's signed on as a strategic investor to Brat. And so I'm going to start with a simple question for you, Bob. Why? I mean, it's no surprise you continue to produce movies, but this isn't the kind of thing I'd peg you to be involved in. Well, it's uh, no question that making movies is in my blood. And so when I saw what, um, what, what, uh, uh, what Rob was doing, uh, and, uh, uh, and I, uh, it, it really excited me because it was what New Line started doing in its, in its own right, which was to find uh, audience niches that weren't being well taken care of and to, to try to, uh, to uh, understand them, to be a part of them, 
and to cater to them in a way that would make uh, uh, good business, that would interest advertisers, and that also would be worthwhile for people to spend their, their time and maybe even their money on. So that's, it, was, it came out of the clear blue sky in the sense that uh, it was actually a, 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 a match that was created by Goldman Sachs, who is our, both ours and Brat's um, investment banker. And uh, they uh, put together this uh, arrangement. Uh, Rob and I have been getting along well together. I, uh, I just uh, met his his partner Darren, and uh, we it's for the I, I I'm looking forward to a, a a a dynamic and creative association where I can lend uh, uh, expertise, uh, uh, history. Uh, and uh, and in my case, also to make an investment to put my uh, my wallet where my uh, my mouth and intentions are, and I only hope that um, the next few years are going to be very salutary, and that we'll have a lot of exciting things and a big customer base, and that things are going to go smoothly. We know that doesn't always happen, but we're ready, willing, and able. Got it. So, so Rob, what was Goldman Sachs's pitch? to you, uh, how did they introduce you to Bob and what did they say he could bring to the table? Yeah, so uh, late in the spring of uh, this past year, uh, the folks at Goldman who we've gotten to know over the years had mentioned, hey, you know, we've been talking to uh, Bob about some new media opportunities. I think we they surfaced our company and he said he was interested in meeting and we uh, ended up getting together at uh, Bob's house in Los Angeles and had a very kind of productive introductory conversation where I explained to him what we were working on, heard a little bit more about uh, you know his esteemed career, of course, I, which I'd read about previously. And then, you know, Bob actually mentioned he was going to New York the next day, and I was coincidentally going to New York uh, later that week. And so, uh, while we've both been on the East Coast a little bit, we've had a, a series of of uh, lunch meetings where uh, Bob's actually a he, he didn't mention, but he's a, a great chef and prepares all kinds of uh, huh. wonderful concoctions and dishes. And so, I've been treated to not only uh, interesting and uh, you know, very helpful in uh, conversations, but also uh, great meals. And uh, over the course of the summer, you know, we started to talk about uh, if there was a possibility of working together. And then, uh, you know, as of uh, this announcement, I guess we're we're doing that that formally. So uh, uh, the genesis of it was very informal, but it's now turned into a, an exciting and formal partnership. Sounds good, um, Bob. You're a movie guy. Brat TV doesn't make movies, so. What is it that you feel that you bring to Brat TV in terms of, as you mentioned, expertise and history? Talk about how you're approaching this new venture. Well, for starters, it it goes back a little bit to the the cooking metaphor. Uh, I do think that uh, making a movie is like putting a a meal on the table. And so long as you don't have too much spice or it's not too too boring. It's it. It could be something that uh, other people will enjoy. I like. I one of my great. Uh, uh, I guess thrills is a is a corny word for it, but it is that I have in my life is to turn other people on, and I tr- I've tried to do it in a number of ways. And so the idea is, I think most movie makers feel that way too. They don't just make the movies for themselves. They make it for the audience that they're they're trying to. 
uh, to to interest. And so that if, if I can come up with something that, that turns people on, that it, it very much excites me. Uh, the um, the thing that that uh, that uh, brought me to Rob was that I, I, I and 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 to to Brad all together was was really it is true that it's they're not making movies per se but I'm it's another thing that really excites me these days I never was much of a I was a television guy in the 50s when that was the that was what you did you went to the movie theaters and, and paid a quarter to go and see uh, two serials and a uh, and a feature film but uh, when television came on that was a whole different experience and uh, and it was the the medium was very much the message and I think now again the medium is kind of the message in the sense that that uh, television and movies have have merged. Sure, the pandemic has been a, 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 a for the for whatever it, it's, it ended up to be uh, has been a, uh, a, a a big catalyst for merging uh, television and, um, and 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 motion pictures. But nevertheless, this idea of now streaming, and that's, it's something that, that, that didn't exist when, when, when television first got started, of course. I mean, there was, your, your show was on one, one uh, a half hour, once, one uh, day a week, and that was just it. But now the ability to take a different sort of format to the, uh, the, the delivery of the information and entertainment uh, has really merged these two things into a much broader uh, spectrum of, uh, uh, of, of, of entertainment and, and time that's, that's uh, being uh, filled. And I, I don't now see that there's that much of a difference between television and movies, except for the idea of having to go to a theater and having to uh, park and do all the things. Sure, going to theater is fun. Sure, the projection is better. But I am up, up, this, this collateral to what I was just describing about my interest in in the in the merger between television and and uh, and uh, movies is also this, the 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 way uh, television has developed technologically to being very close to what what I used to go to smaller art theaters in in New York, for instance. The the, the screens at the theaters that I went to. I'll, I won't tell you which ones they were, but they were little they were little screens. They were almost big television sets, so that I, there was there was a um, a possibility that there might be more of a merger, and that the the actual a unique experience of going to a movie theater is somewhat obviated now by the incredible uh, delivery system that electronics have, have given us to put in our homes. And if you have an eighty inch screen. Uh, I, as I said, I won't, I won't tell you who has 80-inch movie screens in theaters in New York, but believe me, there were, there were plenty of them, uh, certainly at the beginning, when, when video projection was, was in its infancy as well. And so uh, if there is a good reason to still go to movie theaters, I think that, there is, that the idea of, of, uh, of uh, releasing things first in theaters and then following up with a uh, being able to use the advertising and marketing to uh, a, a, a subsequent uh, showing on uh, premium television because uh, it's what call it whatever you want. It's not really television. It's sort of home 
entertainment, which is really what they originally started calling television when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it's, it's, it's become a, 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 a much bigger universe than we had access to a long time ago. So I'm accepting uh, home entertainment as a, uh, as a, 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 a reasonable, viable, and, and at, at times a proper uh, way to see something, even in its original form. Sure, as I suggested, there are movies that you want to be sure you see in a theater just because the experience is, a, is different than sitting in your home. But on the other hand, sitting in your home is not so terrible, especially in this day and age. And you get to have access to a lot more material and you start seeing things that you wouldn't necessarily see because of all of the inconvenience of, of, of getting in a car and buying a ticket and all that stuff. Uh, so that uh, the, my, I wouldn't say disdain, but my suspicion of dealing in television uh, has been abated in large measure. And I'm, I'm delighted to have the television technology that's available to be bonafide home entertainment these days. Got it. Um, so, Rob, walk us through, for those who don't know, the, the, the Brat TV elevator pitch and, and what this venture is all about. Certainly. Uh, yeah, so we started the company in 2017. And, uh, you know, the idea was to be a little bit of a, a modern television channel or network. And I think we wanted to be half in kind of the past and half in the future and, you know, settle on something that made sense in the present. And so um, where we saw a, a, a number of white spaces were for uh, this younger generation, you know, who folks call Gen Z, uh, they didn't grow up watching television. They're not necessarily even cord cutters. They're their cord nevers. They they have very little familiarity with all of the kind of cable networks that we all grew up watching. So uh, what they do watch a lot is user-generated content on apps like TikTok and Instagram. And so, you know, our, our thought was, what if we could develop a basically a TV channel called Brat TV, a nod to the, you know, John Hughes Brat Pack, uh, the films of, uh, of a few decades ago, and take some of the talent who uh, these audiences see on TikTok whether that's, um, you know, someone like Dixie D'Amelio, who was in one of our shows or, uh, you know, people, dancers, performers, actresses, and feature them in scripted television shows, but put those shows for free, uh, primarily on YouTube. And so we, I think we're one of the few kind of purveyors of what I would call, you know, premium for, for, for YouTube, at least premium television, where we're making scripted narrative entertainment shows like Chicken Girls and Attaway General and Total Eclipse uh, that feature uh, young uh, actors and actresses from the internet who we feature in television-like shows. And, uh, and I think that the success over the last few years has been to establish that kind of household name, that household network that has a reliable slate of, uh, of television shows that kind of bridges the gap between, hey, you know, I don't have to find this on a streaming service I may not have. It's on YouTube, which I, I as the viewer, watch all the time. It features talent that I know, but it infuses the sort of uh, production values and, and things that make television and storytelling uh, fun to watch. Uh, and hopefully gives our viewers the best of both worlds. So we've grown in a bunch of interesting directions since then, but at at its core, I look at us really as a a modern kind of TV network that produces uh, shows that, that, you know, viewers hopefully take a shine to. 
But of course, you're not producing for, you know, CBS or FX. You're producing mm-hmm. for Peacock, Snapchat, you know, uh, Samsung, uh, yep. all sorts of pretty big companies. What is it like nowadays sort of operating as an independent producer uh, among all these giants? Yeah, well, it's interesting. And I think, you know, probably uh, and some of the things, you know, Bob has talked to us about in terms of, you know, marrying distribution with these interesting content opportunities is true now. So you have a whole host of uh, subscription services like Netflix, you have ad supported services like a Samsung or to some extent Peacock, you have, you know, free social services like Snapchat. And so part of our job is to, you know, kind of marry the content experience to the delivery mechanism. So on a, a platform like Snapchat, we have a popular series called Past Your Bedtime, which airs three times a week. It's a kind of Gen Z culture and gossip show that's uh, hosted and uh, has done really well there. On a platform like Samsung, where they're actually recreating the experience of live linear TV channels, we've taken our library of scripted shows and stitched those into a 24-hour programming network that's a little bit more like what you used to see on the TV grid 20 years ago. So uh, I think that you have to be nimble both in what you choose to produce and in how you display it. And, uh, you know, that's certainly been a a challenge, but I think also an opportunity over the last few years where there are a lot more ways to present what you're making, a lot more opportunities to make different things and, you know, ultimately to to reap uh, rewards and revenue from displaying in all of these uh, different uh, environments. We'll be right back with more with Rob Fishman and Bob Shea in just a moment. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. 
Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Welcome back to Strictly Business, where we're talking with Rob Fishman of Rat TV and Bob Shea, best known as the founder of New Lion Cinema. Bob, no one has traveled the road of the independent the way you did at New Lion. As you look at the road, Brat is traveling. Uh, are there similarities or differences in terms of the challenge Brat faces that you did way back with New Line? Yeah, well, it, it, there's, there is a very uh, clear synchronicity in my opinion, because what we were trying to do when we started New Line is to provide a programming it sometimes was just a venue and sometimes was actually movies that we could get into theaters that was that was particularly interested interesting to a group of audience uh, which were people that were around my age at that time i was uh, like 27 when i got started uh, that uh, were were not being well served by um uh by the media that was available at that time and it, uh, for us uh, it was the, it, we used to call our movies dating movies. Why? Because who wants to sit home with your parents watching uh, uh, "I Love Lucy" and uh, and 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 uh, Milton Berle's show when you can go out with with with, with a, a girl that you like a lot, maybe put your arm around her in a theater and be in and be in your own in your own place and your own and have your own privacy, which at that time was movie theaters. And that was why movie theaters continue to prosper then. And uh, I, I, I see what, what Rob and Brad are, uh, are doing and, and have done up to even now is to find stories and ways to tell them uh, that are kind of private and understandable mostly by the specific audience that they're trying to reach, which their advertisers, fortunately for us, is uh, are also interested in reaching uh, that become very loyal uh, customers, and uh, I, I, that to me it's, it just resonates all over again. This these were the the the, the stuff the, the leftovers, if you will, the stuff that isn't doesn't have the big movie stars usually doesn't have the huge special effects, but has the funny jokes. It has the the, the charm, new talent, and it has the inside track. On exactly what, what who your kids, uh, who your friends are, are interested in, or which your friends are interested in, that are um, uh, that are not they're not being paid as much attention to uh, by the big companies because they have a, a, a different agenda. They need movies for movie theaters, and they need big productions and all of that stuff. What we want is just a few good laughs, some warm feelings. You know, a little bit of romance, and uh, well, Rob will tell you more about that than I do. But the idea that they are picking up uh, a sort of the thread that New Line uh, graduated from, because there are there are in fact still uh, lots of entertainment uh, topics and 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 talent that are not being uh, made, uh, not 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 being hired because of just what they have to offer. That there's a, there's plenty of room for uh, new ideas, new programming, and innovation. That's what attracted me. Makes sense. So, 
So Rob, in terms of your company, it's a little unusual in the sense it's a, it's a venture backed uh, programmer for television. You don't see that much of those, you know, you've raised about 45 million in the past from investors, including Anchorage capital, advanced capital. Uh, here you've got uh, Bob coming in as a strategic investor. So, so what is your, where are you at right now in terms of, you know, next rounds of financing? Uh, what, what does that road ahead look like? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a good question. And, you know, we, we did take a venture back backed approach, which was, you know, to raise a bunch of capital, which uh, I guess in, you know, movie terms allowed us to deficit finance a lot of what we were producing, because at the end of the day, uh, we needed to get a slate of content up uh, early on uh, and, and, and make all of our shows. So, you know, raising financing from, uh, from venture capitalists allowed us to produce you know, a dozen original series that we launched and also allowed us to hire an advertising team and all the, you know, corporate folks who work with us. So I think that it was necessary uh, to kind of jumpstart this new network. Uh, You know, we're in a fortunate place now where, uh, you know, revenue has grown quickly from 2020 to 2021. We, We ended uh, 2020 with about $15 million in, in top line revenue. And this year we're hoping to get to about 35. So we've seen a, a really nice jump. And we've also uh, broken into profitability, which uh, you know has, had been a goal of ours and allows us to be uh, self-sustaining and, and, and you know, keep the company in, in good order. Uh, obviously working with Bob here was very opportunistic. And I think the product of both sides wanting to partner together and uh, you know, that investment will allow us to grow even more quickly in, in you know, ways we've been thinking of down the line. But I think, uh, you know, for us now, the, the challenge becomes how do we take this uh, kind of TV brand that exists online and, and grow it into, uh, you know, even more of a, a household name with a bunch of different divisions and tentacles and, you know, that, that reaches our consumer in a number of different ways. And so we've started uh, doing more production projects with third-party partners. Like we're working quite a bit with the Facebook family of apps uh, on a series of projects with Instagram, where we're taking a a number of these top Gen Z creators and helping them uh, produce original series on their own channels. You can see on folks like Sean Does Magic, who's a a really great magician, or the Schlub family, which is a a, a, great family of creators. And uh, so we're we're helping them produce original content, both for uh, longer form episodes on uh, Instagram TV and also with Reels videos. Uh, And then we're working with... uh, we, We actually partnered with MGM a few years ago, uh, to develop and sell original television shows. And so that's been going well. And so, you know, I think our goal now is to, to find, I mean, A, to kind of build and double down on the core business, but find really interesting expansion opportunities that we can take some of the uh, capital that we've, you know, now uh, been able to drive and, and reinvest that into, into growth. And I'm also curious about working with all this influencer talent. Here we are having this conversation a day after Netflix signed Addison Ray to a talent deal. And you, you mentioned Dixie D'Amelio, you know, she and her even more famous sister uh, have their own, you know, Kardashian type show on Hulu. So it, it, is, is Hollywood waking up to where you've been all along? And, and if they're successful, does that actually become problematic for you? 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, so our previous venture, which was uh, uh, became part of Twitter in 2015, really worked very closely with the Vine Stars and, and served as uh, kind of a, a, a advertising market. And so we've worked with digital talent now for a bunch of years. And I do think that uh, Hollywood is is kind of finally waking up to the power and appeal of uh, talent. And it's it's a it's an interesting question because you know in some ways these talent pose a, an almost existential threat to Hollywood because they they don't really need the industry to uh, become popular, right? It's kind of the opposite of uh, a kid coming to Hollywood and getting an agent and getting cast in a movie and, and needing the star system to become popular, right? They, they start an account on Instagram or TikTok. They might be in their hometown. And, you know, you look at the D'Amelios or Addison Ray, and these folks have grown so big so quickly uh, and, you know, only recently, as you can see in, say, like the D'Amelio show, only more recently, uh, you know, had to link up with the industry to um, kind of, uh, you know, grow their careers. And, and in a way that the whole process is a bit inverted. And so, um, look, we, you know, we worked with Dixie D'Amelio. Was, she was her, our, her first acting job was on our show at uh, Attaway General. Um, you know, we had... Uh, talked to Addison a long time ago, her, her younger brother Enzo is actually in one of our shows, uh, chicken girls. And so, uh, we get to work with their family as well. Uh, but yeah, our job in a way is to kind of, I think, uh, discover and employ a lot of these young performers before they, you know, sign a multi-year Netflix deal or, or even concurrently. I mean, a, a nice example is, you know, we really liked the movie to all the boys I've loved before on Netflix and uh, Anna Cathcart, who played the younger sister on that uh, popular movie on Netflix, we reached out to a few years ago and she starred in a, a brat TV show called Zoe Valentine and then went back to, you know, do another Netflix show. So it's not always one or the other. And we're certainly not exclusive with our talent. Um, and we'd love to see them, you know, grow and expand in, in all kinds of different ways. I think, you know, to answer your question, there is certainly a lot more uh, signing of this form of talent, whether those are, you know, with new management firms or the existing, you know, big three agencies. And so uh, in some cases, that makes it harder to work with talent because there's a lot more infrastructure around them. But in some cases, you know, of course, it can be uh, easier because they're surrounded by professional representation. So, uh, I, I do think, you know, the, the last thing I'll say on that point is we, we see a lot of the Netflixes of the world kind of doing reality shows with uh, talent who's grown online. We see still a lot less of, um, you know, casting in more traditional roles, which is what primarily what we do. And I think one of the fun things for uh, talent who are on our shows is that they get to play a character and kind of have that uh, traditional Hollywood experience that, you know, Bob in a way was talking about with early movies. And so uh, we we still feel like we're kind of a unique destination for for uh, talent from the internet to come play a character and work on a set and, and, you know, not just have to be themselves. Rob, you also have an interesting model where the Brat brand shows up on so many different platforms. I know you just made a deal that added almost your entire archives to Peacock. How do all these platforms coexist? Uh, explain sort of the windowing strategy here. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think we're in a time of upheaval and consolidation and, you know, general confusion in, in the media industry. So uh, navigating that as a content creator is is challenging, and I imagine even more so for people who are viewers at home. But, uh, you know, our windowing strategy, so to speak, is to release 
content first and foremost on free uh, social networks like YouTube and Snapchat and Instagram, where we sell advertising directly to support that content. Uh, thereafter, the kind of like second window, which is multifarious, is that that content gets recut into more traditional 22-minute uh, TV episodes and released on uh, AVOD platforms, advertising video on demand, like Tubi or Roku or Amazon Prime Video, and then also released as part of our 24-hour live linear channels uh, on places like Samsung Televisions or Vizio. And then, you know, uh, to a certain extent, we'll do deals with folks like Hulu, where you can watch the programming as, as part of a you know, licensing fee. And uh, that kind of second window, as you kind of hinted at, is, is quite broad and encompasses a number of uh, viewing destinations. The deals we've done with those folks are all non-exclusive. So in a way, yes, you can kind of access and tap the same content that's on YouTube everywhere else. And uh, you know, that for us is the best strategy because we recoup revenue from each of those channels. As to how that will play out in the future, you know, I just don't know. I think it's it's a it's an interesting time and space where even, you know, putting aside brat TV shows, there are certain, you know, famous shows from 10 years ago where you can type it into your Apple TV and there's like seven different places that you can watch the same thing. Uh uh, you know, I think that's why we are obviously with HBO Max and Discovery merging or MGM, who we worked with and Amazon merging. I think some of that consolidation will, you know, continue happening and continue making sense because having uh, overlapping services where, yes, you can see the same programming uh, is, you know, maybe good for people like us because we, there are a lot of places we can work with. But, I, you know, I don't know how that works exactly for the viewer. One last question, and I'll give this to you, Bob. I'm, uh, I'd be remiss in not asking what you think of the state of the movie business today. Just there's obviously incredible disruption with the theaters right now with COVID. Uh, the streaming service is obviously taking a lot on. Uh, how do you see it? Because you're you're still very much in that game. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I obviously I'm as confused as everybody else, <laughs> and uh, be, it, but it's it's like. It's almost like a, uh, a a strange renaissance, and things are merging in such a peculiar, such a interesting way that uh, I I don't think the uh, where the, where they're going to land together. I'm guardedly excited about it. I am, uh, I feel very uh, akin to exhibitors. I've been living with them my whole life. Uh, sometimes it's been wonderful experience and sometimes it's been terrible, but that was sort of what you had to live with. It was like, uh, uh, you know, coal for your stove. And now that the technology and, 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 uh, evolution and innovation have once again approached the entertainment area, I think the entertainment area has to deal with it in terms of people still wanting to be entertained and to be stimulated and to be turned on just like books still are around and, and, and regular television is still around. I don't think there's going to be any diminution in people's interest in seeing uh, acting and, uh, and, 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 and presentations and, uh, and talent uh, that is easy, to, has, is easy to access, is not overly expensive, and uh, offers just another opportunity for you to spend your leisure time 
in a in a fruitful way. So I'm uh, I'm sorry to see the the disruption and the uh, in some cases the uh, you know this disappointment that that the circumstances and history have, have brought to the industry. But on the other hand, I'm I'm still as enthusiastic as I ever have been about working with people who want to entertain the world. And uh, that's what I think that Brad and uh, and um, uh, Rob and his whole team uh, are, are uh, inspired to do. I think it's not just it's it, it's not just let's make a, let's let's make some money and move on. I think they're seriously interested in in nurturing, cultivating, and in a in a way uh, spiritually acquiring an audience base of younger people who are going to be really important to our civilization. Well said, and I wish you well with this new venture and what you're continuing to do with the movie business. Uh, Rob, Bob, thanks for taking some time out. All right, Andy. Thanks for having us on. This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes. Also, leave a review in Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing. Mm-hmm.